In Your Element is made just for you, the listener. If you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. Now, on to the show. Welcome to episode 34 of In Your Element, a gaming podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Adler. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to let you know where you can find In Your Element online. My website is inyourelementpodcast.com. You can follow me on Instagram at inyourelementpodcast and on Twitter at IYEpodcast. And if you enjoy the show, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the Inner Element Discord server, where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And if you have any gaming-related questions that you'd like me to answer, email me at hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode of In Your Element. Also, if you've missed it, I just launched a brand new show called Indie Reviews, which debuted with my review for Baba Is You on Nintendo Switch. My goal with the In Your Element Indie Reviews is to deliver bite-sized episodes that run between 5 and 10 minutes and feature my full written review of the latest indie games. It's a show that will be airing in addition to the Prime and bonus episodes and won't be on a set schedule, but everything will be in the same feed so you don't have to worry about subscribing to any additional shows. Uh, Today, I'm joined once again by my guest and fellow PlayStation fan, Matt Jeffrey. How you doing, Matt? Hello, man. How's it been? Thanks for having me on again. Of course, yeah, it's been it's been great. It's been busy. It's been uh, a lot of good games coming out recently, and we got so much stuff coming out on the horizon. So we're definitely hitting that uh, that big stride before E three of all the big games. That uh, that early summer break where it's yeah. all coming in. Absolutely, yeah, man. What have you been playing lately? So I've uh, given my PlayStation a bit of a rest. I put Ooh. the I put the dust covers on it. I tell you Ooh. what, though, I know I know I know this is a PlayStation podcast mainly. <laughs> and uh but i will say i i did get an xbox one s i'm sorry ooh, ooh. guys i'm sorry okay um, okay i'm intrigued yeah but but not you know not for like xbox exclusives or anything like that i just always wanted to go back and play some old some old generation seven games so um yeah. i've been picking up some kind of xbox 360 games and things like that nice. um yeah you know gta 4 Bioshock trilogy, Mass Effect mm-hmm. trilogy, all these mm-hmm. games. I've just wanted to go back and play, yeah. um, and that's what I'm doing, picking them up super cheap. But apart from that, I did actually boot the PlayStation up last night and played a bit of Apex because you know what else is there to play at the moment? <laughs> yeah, right. What else? What else is new? How um, have you been enjoying the first season of content with Apex? So I think it's kind of like um, I think like it's been getting a lot of hate, but I think that Respawn have honestly just been just getting their feet wet with it. Yeah, like they're just, um, you know, they're just putting some content out there, just kind of like saying, look, we're still supporting this. It's only mm-hmm. been out for a few months. Yeah, um, I know for sure in future seasons that they're just going to keep improving it and keep increasing it. Yeah, they they can only it's a, it's a trial and error. So they'll see that people maybe didn't respond so well to the first season because of, you know, it takes you like a million years to unlock 100 levels. And then when you get to the 100th level, it's not even that impressive. Right. Um, yeah. So they'll 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 tinker with it, and then mm-hmm. I and then I fully expect that season two will be much more, much more up to people's uh, people's alley. 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's uh, it's kind of like you say in trial and error, just kind of seeing what works. It was the same situation with Fortnite early on. They've mm-hmm. they've had eight seasons to really perfect this battle pass, uh, and and Apex is only on their first, and they're definitely trying not to just verbatim copy everything. They want to make exactly. it their own in a way. So, yeah, I, uh, last week I, I had a discussion with um, my guest Austin about uh, just overall cosmetics need to improve a bit. And uh, I really would like to see some challenges added, just something to spice up the gameplay. For me, yep. at least, I, I really do like those kind of, you know, collect this amount of things or like go to these specific locations and get kills. It just forces you to play outside of your comfort zone. And I think it, it, in a game like a Battle Royale where, uh, you know, there, it can become repetitive after a while of going and doing the same thing, having those challenges makes it just a bit more exciting. So, Because, uh, all, because all we've really got at the moment is just kind of like a trophy list. Right. If you're playing on PlayStation. So it's just kind of, yeah, like you said, just kind of almost like a, like an internal challenge list on the game itself Mm, would be, uh, would be great. Yeah. 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 And, and definitely I'd like to see some other event type games like, uh, like Fortnite has the limited time events that they've got. Uh, right now they've been teasing. I'm not sure if you noticed they're teasing, uh, an Avengers crossover again for, uh, for, for Endgame, which looks exciting. They've got a couple teasers up already. Uh, Captain America's shield and Thor's uh, Stormbreaker axe, which looks very interesting. And there's been a lot of speculation about: is this going to be another mode like the the Thanos uh, gauntlet mm-hmm. mode, or is it going to be skins, or are they going to have different weapons that feature those for a limited time? Those uh, those Avengers weapons, we'll we'll have to see uh, on the 25th when that comes out. But I'd like to see some stuff like that where they're kind of moving outside just the typical battle royale game mode and Mm -hmm. have some other stuff because there's so much they can explore with this this uh list of different characters with different abilities they definitely lend themselves to some different modes which would be kind of cool i think um i think apex will be would do themselves a massive favor if they can get some like strong branding on board as well yeah so obviously Fortnite have had like the whole uh, marshmallow DJ set thing. Right. They yeah. Had, you know, they did the Avengers Infinity War last year. They're doing it with Endgame again this year. They've mm-hmm. got like Ninja on board streaming every night. And yeah. if Apex could get something of that magnitude on board, mm-hmm. um, then obviously that will attract a whole new community as well. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- there's so many things they can do. And like, we have to just understand, you know, this game's been out for three months. Mm-hmm. like you know like two months three months it's still so new mm-hmm. Fortnite has been kind of killing it already for a few years so yeah. we've got a long way to go with this never-ending saga of apex versus Fortnite. i'm sure oh for sure yeah it's still in its infancy uh i just want to ensure they don't lose momentum because they came out of the gates hot and uh it seems yep. like the the hype has kind of died or died out for the game a bit if you look on twitch it's like no longer for a while has no longer been like the top stream game. It looks like a lot of the streamers have kind of gone back to their comfort zones. A lot of Fortnite streamers went back there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Dr. Disrespect's kind of moved away and gone back to uh, like playing PUBG, playing Fortnite and stuff again. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, I do think that it, it it's a great game. I still enjoy it. I've, I'll pop in from time to time and uh, and see what's happening in there. But season one hasn't been enough to like grip me to keep me playing. I feel like yeah. the battle pass is still so damn grindy. And like the rewards are not really worth the time investment. For sure. I mean, I went from playing it once a day to like once a week now. Yeah. So, yeah. which is it's, fine. Yeah, like that's, fine that's, that's, still, that's still kind of, yeah, exactly. That's still more than I'm playing most other games. So yeah, it's and, still and, enough to kind of 
yeah. keep me involved. And it's a free game too. It's not like you've invested a ton of money in the game and expect exactly. something out of it. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it is you get so much value for really nothing other than your time investment. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. On the flip side, I've been playing uh for PlayStation. I've been playing uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey still. That's been a game that I've kind of just dipped back into anytime I feel like there's a little bit of a lull uh, in my gaming library because there's so damn much to do in that game. And I finally probably crossed like the 25% mark in the story. And it just seems like they keep layering on more and more elements yeah. of things to uh, hunt down and collect. And like the story's really starting to open up now. And I'm, you know, I've been enjoying the game while I've been playing thus far, but it just feels kind of like uh assassin's creed origins 1.5 with a different skin on it but Mm -hmm. now i'm starting to see a lot more actually opening up and the skill tree is actually starting to open up and give me some really cool abilities so uh it's it's getting interesting it's it's uh it's a game that like it's it's just such a long game apparently the main main campaign averages about 40 hours to finish so it's a long it's a huge game yeah and if you want to go for everything it's like 70 80 100 hour game if you really put some I mean, time into it like have ubisoft like ever supported an assassin's creed game as much as they supported ac odyssey i don't think so no i they, mean if they... you look back at yeah i mean if you look back at previous assassin's creeds they maybe drop one bit of dlc for it right maybe move maybe, on. maybe two yeah at a push but with ac odyssey like the game's been out for just over a year now Mm-hmm. No, not just over. That's a lie. Not. It's been about six, seven months, hasn't it? Eight months. Yeah, yeah. And they've dropped. They've dropped like three, three DLCs already. Mm, yeah, and they, and they're like teasing this... the like Atlantis one next, which looks yeah, wild, which is huge. Yeah, almost looks like a separate game. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, and we're not getting a new AC this year, right? So maybe that's why. Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of content. If you if you've got time to put in, that's a that's a game that seems like you can play for pretty long ass time so that's good um on the indie side of things i've been playing through cuphead and katana zero those finally came out to nintendo switch uh cuphead is is no joke it's a hard ass game been uh been struggling through that but having a lot of fun i'm on like the second island area and about to finish that up and move into the final stretch of the game and then uh played through and finished katana zero um a couple days ago actually and that is one mind bendy story for sure uh, so I'm going to be doing a, an indie, re- indie reviews episode for that here shortly. So look forward to that for Katana Zero. Uh, all right. Well, Matt, believe it or not, it's been almost eight months since the last PlayStation exclusive in Spider-Man. So fans are eagerly awaiting the next title. That time is finally here and Days Gone is upon us this week. Developed by Sony's Bend Studio in Oregon, the description for the game reads, Set in the beautiful, volcanic-scarred high desert of the Pacific Northwest, Days Gone is an open-world action-adventure game where you play as Deacon St. John, a drifter and bounty hunter who would rather risk the dangers of the broken road than live in one of the safe wilderness encampments. The game takes place two years after a global pandemic has killed almost everyone, but transformed millions of others into what survivors call freakers, mindless, feral creatures, more animal than human, but very much alive and quickly evolving. In the demo, you saw two types of freaks, I guess they meant freakers, but uh, newts, uh, which are adolescents when infected, are opportunistic hunters preferring to hit and run from the shadows, and a horde made up of hundreds of individual freakers. Hordes eat, move, and attack together almost as one. Some hordes roam the highways at night, while others, like the one in the demo, have found a food source that keeps it in a single location. 
Skills learned in this prior life as an outlaw biker have given Deacon a slight edge in the seemingly never-ending fight to stay alive, but will it be enough? So Matt, this game has been shown numerous times since it was initially reviewed, uh, or excuse me, revealed back in E3 2016, but was overshadowed by many games like God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Spider-Man over the years. It's finally time for Days Gone to shine. I know you, know, you, you and I have been uh, a bit lukewarm on this game uh, up until just a few months ago. What's changed for you that's got you excited to jump into this world now? I think um, probably the main thing that's got me excited about it is just like the 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 sudden barrage of content that they've given us online. Yeah, over like the last <laughs> over like the last two or three months. It's um, been a lot of content. <laughs> yeah, like the game had a very silent 2018. Um, we didn't hear much of it in 2017 either, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it got its it got its announcement at E3 2016. And then we got some information about it after that, and then it kind of went silent. And then I was looking on like my Facebook feed and Twitter and YouTube and all that in the last few months, and then videos were just showing up left and right, featurettes about yeah. the world and the characters and the bike and you mm-hmm. know the freakers and the and everything like that. And it's just built my excitement up completely mm-hmm. um, from you know like like a two or a three. Where, yeah. it, where, it, where it was to like a solid eight yeah um and now i can't wait to play it so i think yeah I, I would say that is that's exactly where i'm at with days gone at the moment i'm just excited to see the reviews first kind of see how it plays how it how it reviews and then mm-hmm. and then make a jump from there i guess yeah i still feel like the reviews are gonna probably fall in like that mid eights range which is fantastic especially for a new ip I think that mm-hmm. would be a, a big success for Sony. I think anything less than an eight is probably not going to look too good for the time that they've been working on this game. And yeah, uh, and I, you know, I do think that they've really ramped up the um, uh, advertising for it and their marketing campaign over the past few months. And we've seen it. I mean, they've dropped two, three minute trailers like every week. It seems like there's something new um, shown off for Days Gone. So yeah, the thing that's really brought me into this world now is actually just the world itself. Uh, at first, I was kind of like, this looks really generic, and there's really not that that much going on. But now they've shown a lot of the different landscapes of Oregon, and it looks absolutely stunning. Uh, what's interesting about this game is that it's post-apocalyptic, but it doesn't look like a traditional game that you'd see in that in that genre, like Fallout or something that's got really heavy browns and, and really muted tones. This is like only two years after this infestation's happened, so everything's still new and fresh and green. And, uh, and, and this location specifically is just so lush with, with greenery and forests and everything. So it's going to be kind of cool to see, uh, this area. It kind of gives me a bit of, uh, a bit of flashbacks to, um, uh, infamous cause that took place in Seattle, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yep. So yep, that's sure. up in that same area. That's more city based, but you still kind of see a bit of the horizon. Now we're actually going to be diving into those areas, uh, and, and trying to survive, which looks very, very cool. Um, another thing that's kind of caught my eye, uh, that they've been kind of plastering all over their marketing campaign is the quote, this world comes for you. And at first I was like, what, what the hell does that mean? Like, that seems kind of cheesy, but in every single trailer, they're kind of just showcasing how everything in this world is out to kill you. And, uh, you really just aren't safe anywhere you're at, you know, besides the freakers, there's a bunch of different, uh, organizations that are out there. There's like a, uh, uh, sketchy government organization that's in the game called Nero, I believe. 
and and they're they've got these different outposts that you have to 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 take and take over and loot and everything you've got all these different uh bike gangs that are that are out to kill you as well so it looks like it's going to be just really uh kind of unnerving um for an open world game kind of kind of like uh the recent um far cry games where it just seems like everywhere you turn there's like (laughs) somebody that's somebody's trying to kill you yeah exactly so you know animals there's going to be like feral freaker bears that are out there and all sorts of different shit so it's going to be yeah i mean i love the the kind of dynamic between knowing when to knowing when to attack and knowing who's after you at any given point like you you could be being chased down the road by freakers one minute and then you turn a corner and there's this bike gang mm-hmm. on the corner of the street that want to get you as well yeah and it's just like i mean the bike gang are probably uh that's probably an issue from deacon's past like before the before the outbreak i would have thought right and, right um and they don't care about the freakers they just want to get deacon whereas mm-hmm. the freakers the freakers have no you know they have no context of that so the, mm-hmm. the freakers are just you know the freakers are just freakers so they just want to kill deacon for because he's just an you know just another human warm so, body um yeah exactly yeah it's just another person on the list mm-hmm. and um yeah so this game looks relentless i don't yeah. think there's going to be much downtime in this game mm-hmm. um as beautiful as they've made the world uh i'm not sure there's going to be much time to Admire Soak it, it in, yeah, yeah. It's gonna <laughs> be a, a bit point. of a, it's gonna be a bit of a Horizon Zero Dawn kind of thing, I think. Right, right. Whereas you're kind of you're roaming around, and like I remember when you're playing as Aloy, you might get five minutes tops mm-hmm. to kind of just have a walk around for a bit and just check it out. Before you know it, there's like a massive um, thunder jaw around the corner that's about to tear <laughs> you apart, and you're right. just like. And there's watchers everywhere and all the rest of it. So I kind of feel like it's going to be the same kind of vibe here with Days Gone. Like you're going to have moments where you might get a minute or two, maybe just to fix your bike mm-hmm. or have a look around for resources or parts or things like that. But then before you know it, you know, these freakers are going to come at you. Yeah, I almost feel like it's it kind of gives me a bit of Resident Evil vibes in that sense where, mm, yes. you know, you you take in a moment in Resident Evil to craft a, a, a healing herb or something. And and, you know, like once you unclick that pause menu, there's a zombie that's right around the corner that you're going to have to take on. This kind of feels like the same thing, like, you know, stop, pull over, fuel up for your uh, for your bike and then mm-hmm. get the hell out of there or, uh, you know, take on if it is a, a reasonable amount of freakers or, or whatever else it is. Um, it's quite um it's quite similar to Dying Light. Did you ever play Dying Light? I didn't. No. What's that? So that was quite a good game. A uh, single uh, first person kind of uh, survival horror uh, sim- similar vibe so you have kind of like a safe house but then as soon as you step out of this safe house or this safe zone um the you step out in the in the daytime and the, the conditions get worse and worse as the night goes as the mm. as it gets darker. So the zombies come out at a certain time. So you have to make sure that you get everything that you need doing, mm-hmm. uh, any um, tasks, missions, and things like that in the daytime. Because um, as soon as it starts getting darker, um, that's when things start getting a bit hairy. So yeah. uh, Dying, Dying Light's a great game. I'm surprised you haven't played that. Um, yeah. Fantastic game. State of Decay, similar kind of vibes. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of these zombie games now, isn't there? I don't yeah. know. It's just kind of... And then there's... Uh world war z that just came out uh yes and that's been getting some surprisingly good reviews too so Mm -hmm. it's interesting that we've got two uh two games that are kind of revolving around zombies at the same time 
Yes. Uh, especially after an era that The Walking Dead's kind of petered out in popularity. Yep. So it'd be interesting to see how this game is actually received after I feel like people kind of got burnt out on zombies. I know I did. I was pretty invested in the um, Walking Dead series and then, you know, just like everybody else kind of fell off. And then that was right around the time that the uh, the Telltale games were, were getting really big too. Those were great. Yes. And then again, just kind of got oversaturated it felt like with those kind of games and it'll be it'll be nice to go back because i feel like it's been a good few years since i've really given any of that stuff attention so mm-hmm. hopefully now it feels like it's a uh, a bit fresh and reinvigorated and not just kind of the same old same old because we got um because the last of us came out like 6 years ago yeah and everyone was saying that that was like the height of like survival horror yeah in terms of the the genre and in terms of the style of the game but then since then we've had like so many different games coming out Mm -hmm. and they're just kind of not exactly reinventing the genre but kind of you know giving their own take on it and they're all different in their own in their own weird and wonderful ways so i hope in some way that days gone manages to kind of not completely copy but kind of has its own layer to it as well yeah so i mean we'll see i mean from what i can see they're they're not focusing too heavily on the freakers right i mean they, they they are a little bit but like it's not they're also making you fully aware that there are other problems in this world you know yeah and um and that's what i'm interested in uncovering you know like the history before the outbreak mm-hmm. um what's got deacon so upset what's you know all the all i, I want i'm more interested in his story more than just about the the freakers themselves Right, like what's his motivation? What is exactly. he what is he going for? Yeah, and, exactly. and a lot of exactly. a lot of that's been kind of alluded to it seems like in this in the story trailers, but uh yeah, I mean with a game that sounds like the campaign's going to be about 30 hours, uh it seems as though there's going to be a lot of of interesting parts to uncover in the game. So I'm definitely excited to uh to dive in there this this Friday. Um many of Sony's recent games uh have had kind of like a mechanic in the game that revolved around uh that that kind of made it more unique so for instance kratos had the axe in god of war that was a a huge mechanic that revolved around spider-man of course had the web slinging uh the the traditional spider-man webs that everybody knows but that really felt so um focused on and unique in that game what do you think days gone is going to feature that really will have it stand out uh from some other games that are similar in that genre um the bike the bike 100% 100% the bike like it's going to be you've seen well I've seen it but the amount of times that the, the bike seems to kind of carry and take a lot of damage mm-hmm. um, and you have to kind of pull over a lot and you have to kind of fix different things and get fuel and and you know and apparently you know it, it comes down to like the detail like the, the grip in the tires and like you have to make sure you have you know different modifications because when you're going through different environments Mm-hmm. It is just. It looks like they've put a lot of detail into the the traverse uh, of using the bike mm-hmm. through different through different elements. Um, it appears to me that that's quite an important thing. I mean, I've seen a lot of trailers where he's not actually using the bike as well. So I actually think that the the kind of hand to hand kind of melee combat is quite important as well. Mm-hmm. But the um, but it seems to me that it it eventually all circles back to the bike. Yeah. So I think, you know, you're going to have some kind of like pop up kind of workshop back at the, you know, back at the hub, should we say, or the base mm-hmm. um, where you can, you know, properly upgrade it and things like that. But it's, all, it's also going to be a similar thing, I think, to like Red Dead Redemption 2, 
where you can take things with you on your bike. Yeah. Um, kind of like you can take things with you on your horse in Red Dead right. Redemption 2. I right. think it's going to be a very similar thing. So you can kind of do patch up work kind of like on the fly if you need to. Um, yeah, things like that. So I think, I think the bike is going to be, is going to be very important. And obviously the, you, you know, the, uh, the antagonists, well, we don't even know what the main antagonist is, but obviously with the mm -hmm. freakers, mm -hmm. um, I think that's going to be a, a major part of the game as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It seems like they've, they've been really showcasing the drifter bike for years. I mean, it's, they, I think at one point they were even referencing the bike as its own character. Like they, they emphasized it was so important to the gameplay and so core to the actual story mm -hmm. in Days Gone. So yeah, yeah you, you mentioned maintaining fuel. That's going to be an interesting thing they've shown in the trailers where, you know, if you run out of fuel, you have to get on foot and, and walk and find fuel. And that's a, obviously a finite resource in this, uh, in this post-apocalyptic world. And uh, you're not the only person that's looking for fuel. You've got all of these other uh, rival organizations that are also trying to keep their bikes and their uh, cars fueled as well. So you're, you're, you're going to have to fight for that, that resource, um, as well as make repairs throughout the game. So repairs on, uh, you know, whatever ends up happening, they, they showed like, you know, your tires might go out or the bike itself, if you're crashing it too often, is going to uh, sustain some sort of frame damage. So you're going to have to repair that as well. Um, but yeah, I do think that this looks very similar in comparison to Red Dead. That's the most recent thing that we've gotten where you have uh, kind of this, uh, this bond that you've created with another item that's helping you navigate the world. Um, I found the, the, the horse situation in Red Dead to become a bit cumbersome. And I think mm -hmm. it just because it's a horse and it's not a moving vehicle, you know, running into like a rock, oftentimes you'd, Arthur would get thrown off the horse and you're like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even hit that rock very fast. Why am I getting thrown off? So it felt like a lot of uh, navigation horseback was a little bit more cumbersome than I think having an actual motorized vehicle is going to be. Um, yep. But I also felt like there was kind of an um, annoyance when it came to managing the horse in Red Dead, you know, having to feed it, having to brush it, and never really getting like any, any tangible feedback of whether or not you are doing that at a correct amount or too mm -hmm. little or too much. You know, I would uh, oftentimes get off the horse and I would just scrub its face and get all that dust off but the dust never stopped you know coming off the horse and i was like is this horse really dirty or like do i not really need to do this that much or have i just got like a really dusty brush and yeah. i need to just buy a new brush because i felt like the amount of times that it told me to brush the horse yeah and then i actually did it like i don't even know if i was making any kind of significant impact yeah exactly so, it kind of felt yeah. it felt a little meaningless at times mm -hmm. um yep. you know obviously when you're riding the horse and and you can see the energy level getting low okay i understand i need to feed the horse to effectively fuel it back up you know and that's going to sure. be pretty akin to like getting fuel in the bike but i just hope that it's not like you're having to micromanage this other thing in the game so much that it detracts from the gameplay I felt yep. like Red Dead could have been could have been really without all of that horse management and I would have been completely fine. You know, having everything stored on the horse was great because you had all of your weapons that you could carry with you there and kind of change your loadout on the fly. Um that was great, but having to actually like take care of the horse, this living animal, uh it was I mean they're they're going so heavily into the realism. I understand that was the whole purpose of that game is leaning into realism as much as possible, but some of that stuff ended up being becoming tedious and uh and not fun for me personally i agree a hundred percent so and i was also going to say did you play mad max 
I did not play Mad Max. I have Mad Max, but I have never booted it up. Very, very, very cool experience. Really? Um, I've heard good things. Yeah. I've heard it's, it's very great. underrated. So it didn't, it, it, very underrated. It didn't score very yeah. well. Yeah. Um, however, I think retrospectively, it's, it's a very, very good game. Mm-hmm. So it's a very similar kind of thing. So Mad Max is very uh, centered on his car. Mm-hmm. So he has a car that he, you know, calls the, you know, the magnum opus, like the masterpiece. And over time, you have to develop this car and you have to attach weapons to it and armor and all these things. And eventually, your car can go into any battle with anyone and win. So mm-hmm. I kind of think that over time, uh, Deacon will be doing the same thing with his bike in Days of Gone. Uh, Days Gone, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's going to be just a case of upgrading the bike, making sure that the bike... Because, for example, the bike that you get at the start of the game is probably going to be very bare bones. Yeah. And then as you go through the game, uh, the bike will have to be a certain level in order for you to enter a certain mission, for example. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, so it, it, might, it might be a similar kind of uh, gameplay mechanic to Mad Max. Okay, interesting. I like that. I, uh, I've definitely been wanting to check out Mad Max for a while. I've had it loaded on my PlayStation and just... The icons there and i just haven't it's, started it's it up <laughs> one of the it's one of the best like video game um uh, translations of a movie wow okay for sure because yeah. you know how you know how it is with some games that you know mm-hmm. get translated from a movie and vice versa it's just never quite the same right um, either it's like a cheap actually, cash in or it's not very exactly uh, yeah i actually genuinely feel like i genuinely feel like mad max was actually made specifically as a video game and it wasn't just taking you know from uh, fury road mm-hmm. so um it feels like a completely separate thing to mad max fury road which is great so we um, also we also need a sequel to that movie by the way that was one yes, of the coolest did. movies what the hell's but, going but, on with that but but here's the thing people don't understand that mad max fury road was the fourth movie in the franchise right yeah there was a trilogy that came out in like the 80s yeah yeah so i mean i know obviously it's a separate thing and you can't really compare it to that but yes we do need a sequel to mad max fury road because that guy, that that film was absolutely gorgeous. Like was, I remember, it was like oh god, just visually stunning to look at. Unbelievable! I'm telling you. Um, what was the name of the the director? Is it George Miller or something like that? Mm, he's no like idea. he's like he's like a genius. <laughs> the guy is like yeah. a genius. So yeah. like he directed the original trilogy like way back oh, okay. in the 80s. Oh shit! And he had this script like lying around for Fury Road for like 20 years. Yeah. Where he was looking for like the right characters, the right environment, like you know more modern kind of film technology to kind sure. of catch up yeah um and then eventually it happened and then boom they made it and it's just and the amount of like real world effects that they used they didn't use barely any cgi in that movie mm-hmm. and it's just so well made and um no wonder it got an oscar nomination that year yeah it was a fun I think movie it, uh, very very good movie yeah. very artistic very cool yeah I uh I I watched uh Waterworld for the first time like a couple years ago. Oh uh, god, that is... did not age well. <laughs> no, but it's like it's like Mad Max on on the water. It's just such a weird so, concept, the... but yeah, is that the one with Kevin Costner? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. So, I think Waterworld when they were developing it was the most expensive movie of all time. Holy shit. At the time. Yeah. And it bombed so hard. Didn't even make back. <laughs> it did it didn't even make back like 3 quarters of what they spent on it. Oh, and that's um, too bad. yeah, I think it came out in a weird time. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like if they waited maybe twenty years, mm-hmm. could have been a great movie. But um, let's I get a Waterworld just... remake. Let's get that. a Waterworld <laughs> reboot. Let's bring let's, back Kevin yeah. Costner. Let's do the Hell damn yeah. thing. Let's, let's do it. Let's just crowdfund this shit. 
Yeah, man. I'm going to start a Kickstarter after this. Uh, anyway, get, <laughs> getting back to uh, Deacon's Drifter bike. Um, yeah, in terms of the upgrades, uh, I think you're right. I think they're... I think there's going to be uh, some necessary upgrades that are going to help you traverse different areas because we've seen in the trailers there's uh, there's tundra areas, there's like lava areas. I don't know where that is. Uh, there's, so there's all sorts of different environments you're going to have to get to. And uh, being that the bike is your primary means for transportation, you're going to have to upgrade it to get there, right? Um, I just hope that the upgrades are meaningful. I don't want them to just be kind of these like cheesy little things where you're like, upgrading a, a car in need for speed and you're just throwing on spoilers and stuff like i want it to <laughs> like i want these to be like meaningful where if this it truly is so core to the the gameplay that it feels yep. uh it feels good um but it does sound like you're going to be able to upgrade the handling of the bike uh speed boost the toughness the fuel capa- fuel capacity thankfully uh and then of course cosmetics so paint and and uh, all sorts of other fun looking stuff so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I really hope they they have like a pretty good uh like skill tree almost for the bike to where you can kind of kit it out in different ways. Um and it, it sounds like yeah, you're going to be able to store your weapons there, your inventory items, uh prepare your loadouts. So the bike is kind of going to be this mobile hub or mobile like safe spot that you have uh your items at. So I'm curious to see how um, other characters in the world interact with the bike as well. Like, are people going to try and steal your bike or are people going to try and uh, destroy the bike specifically? You know, is that something that you're going to have to think, like, watch uh, out I think, for? I think freakers are going to try and destroy it and other people are going to try and steal it. What if the so, freakers uh, try and steal it to ride it? Oh, my God. <laughs> what if, what like, if one a, of those... Yeah, I was going to say, what, what if, like, one of those weird kind of freaker bears tries yes, to steal the bike to ride it? that's what I'm talking about. I want to see a freaker bear on a bike riding like through... Riding yeah, on with, with fire. Like, with like a mini kind of alien bear cub on the back riding yes. shotgun. Yes. Just, just, just tearing Deacon up. Game of the year 2019. Let's do it. I'm calling um, it. Yeah. If that happens, uh, yeah, this will be instantly at the top of In- my Instantly list. game of the year. Like what yeah. even is Borderlands 3 at this point? Yeah, I don't even yeah. know. Guns with legs. We got flaming bears on bikes, bitch. Last of Us 2. <laughs> Yeah. What, what game is that? I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that game? Sony, Sony clearly has a, a, a front runner here for game of the year. Uh, so speaking of freakers, um, the freaker bears, freaker everything, uh, Sony Bend has been very uh, particular about not using the word zombies with this. They're, they're saying that they're not zombies, they're freakers. And people are like, they look like zombies, they move like zombies, they're zombies. Uh, but apparently what makes them different is that they actually evolve throughout the game and they adapt to uh, the world and they adapt to you as a character and how you interact with them. Um, and uh, they can often be found in hordes, which uh, can contain hundreds of them at once, which is going to be quite a sight to see uh, 300 uh, freakers running at you at full speed. Um, so we've seen zombies in a number of games. Uh, as I mentioned, World War Z just came out. They've got the really fast type zombies that are that look similar to the freakers in this game. Uh, what are your thoughts overall on just freakers? I think um, I think the reason they're probably called freakers and not zombies because I would say that the freakers are like the first stage of becoming a zombie. Ooh, okay. Because okay. we, you know, because what we're we talking about two years after this thing's broken out. Yeah, so two years. We're, yeah, so we're still in the very early phases. Of, right. of of them becoming something else like you said they're evolving very quickly yeah so 
and you, you know that that you you see them and they still look quite human yeah you know with like especially like the um, the hordes of them and there's like i saw i saw like a video of like a, a, a woman looking character that was that is a freaker and she's like screaming and stuff and they're quite feral yeah whereas if you if you think about it humans can be quite feral sometimes just normal humans oh yeah so i work in retail so i see that a lot you know all about it, dude. I, I work in a restaurant. Like it's oh, the same vibe. It's, it's feral the same, ass people. <laughs> it's the same vibe. It's the same oh, yeah. vibe. Like oh, I yeah. work with you know two hundred, three hundred freakers every night. So this is so no, 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 nothing. Bring it uh, on. <laughs> bring it on. I'm experiencing days gone, dude. I'm experiencing yeah. it. It's happening. Um, so uh, yeah. So I, I I feel like I think they've gone through a lot of um a lot of pain in creating loads of different gameplay dynamics for every single kind of freaker and every single kind of uh i don't even know what you want to call them at this point all the different all the different types of freakers should we say yeah um like you said funneling them you know into choke points which is one of my which is one of my favorite i think will be one of my favorite gameplay techniques because if they're coming at you at such a rate what what are you going to do like you're just going to run into them like game of thrones or are you just (laughs) going to have to like run away and kind of pinch point them like i think that's the best way to do it setting up traps i think is going to be very important yeah um i think i'm going to be quite stealthy as well because i'll be honest with you i'm just i'm just shit scared of you know these kind of games period yeah so i don't like getting into confrontation if i can help it right so and it sounds like yeah yeah. it it sounds like they're gonna interact with you know as you play the game if you're going in guns blazing they're obviously that's going to alert them sounds are going to alert them to your location Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, there is going to be this uh, aspect of kind of stealthing through areas or you can actually just go in and and start firing off and probably get overrun by them uh or or wherever you're at if you're in an outpost alerting the uh the people that are in that area defending it you know those are it'd be interesting to see what type of approach people are going to take to get through some of these locations um, yeah, for what, sure. I, yeah, yeah, carry on. Oh, I was gonna say one of the uh, one of the interesting things that sets them apart uh, is that they actually still behave like humans in a way. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're definitely still more akin to animals, as they mention. Um, but they are these freakers will actually be building nests in the world, uh, and they hunt at specific times. So that's very different from zombies that don't have a sense of time or have a sense of um you know really understanding of the world they're just out there to, to you know eat some brains or whatever uh, and these guys kind of, yeah i was mm-hmm. saying that kind of that kind of harkens back to what i was saying about i think they are like the, the initial stage of a zombie yeah because because if for example if you're looking like the last of us you have like clickers and this is like 20 years after the outbreak and they mm-hmm. have just become completely you know they, they they are completely different they're not human anymore right like, like you said they have no awareness of time where mm-hmm. they are, what they're doing, like their brain is gone. Right. And whereas with freakers, I feel like they still have a level of intelligence, mm-hmm. you know, where they can still kind of, like you said, create their own base, come out at certain times. They know what time of day it is. So mm-hmm. I, th- I, do, I do think that freakers are like initial, initial um, creations of zombies for sure. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I do want to see what other types of freakers they have because they have said there's going to be a variety of different types in the game. They mm-hmm. did already mention that there's going to be these newts, which are like children, which is oh, kind of weird to think about. Like, what are your thoughts on having a child freaker or zombie type creature in a game uh, that I don't you're going to have to man. worry about? I, it's 2019. Like, what can I do? Like, if, if I have like a shotgun in my hand, 
Yeah, like, that's that's gonna be I just, crazy, dude. Do I just like blow that killer away? Does he just like boom? He's like coming at me at like sixty miles an hour. Just get the shotgun out and blow his head off, or what? Right. Like, that's that's some weird shit that people are gonna have to deal with. Like that's kind of a bold thing to put these children in the game. You know, if you're a parent and you're playing this game, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't. There's there's only so much I can say. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that was an interesting decision that they've made, and we'll see how it plays out. Obviously, we haven't interacted with these yet, um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that you're gonna have to worry about or child variants of these. Uh, in addition to the adults, which is kind of weird. Mind you, you saw the first episode of Walking Dead, right? Yes. So there you go. Opening yeah. scene. Yeah, that's true. Opening scene. The kid, the that... kid comes at him, doesn't stop running. Boom! Right to the head. Right, and that I, so... I, I feel like they a lot of uh, a lot of zombie things grapple with that. I mean, even in uh, Resident Evil Two, recently played through that, uh, they had a scene where that same scenario came up. You know, the kid starting to turn. It's like, what do you do as a parent? you protect this and and hope that they can get healed somehow or yeah you know do you have to just end yeah. them because uh inevitably they're gonna end somebody else so yeah, yeah i mean uh, the, same, the same thing happens in the last of us as well like you mm-hmm. have um that that brother the two brothers that you cut you walk into and then the right. the little one the little one starts to turn so he so his older brother kills him and then he kills himself so it's just like mm-hmm yeah, it's, it's 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 kind of like a moral compass, isn't it? Like in that Absolutely. particular moment, in mm-hmm. that particular moment, what do you do? Right. I think it's quite it's quite spontaneous, you know. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Uh, another interesting thing that the freakers are going to be uh, requiring you to do is uh, cut off their ears and collect them to use as currency in the world. So in this uh, in this post uh, apocalyptic scenario, you don't have traditional cash that's circulating as much as these freaker ears uh what do you think of uh of this concept i I feel like it's just getting out of hand isn't it like i I thought (laughs) i thought using i thought using bottle caps in fallout was weird enough yeah and then now we're now we're cutting off ears yeah like are you gonna get like more for your money if like the ear is prettier than the other ear or i don't know is it just like it's yeah is it like one ears two ears i don't know yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting concept because it, it sort of rewards you for taking on these hordes of enemies, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you know that you want to, you need an upgrade or you need to uh, get a different weapon or something, uh, you you realize you're going to have to kill some freakers, right? And that means encountering potentially 300 of these guys at a time and taking yeah. them out. And how do you approach that? So there's going to be this weird balance of, uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the gameplay doesn't require you to take them on it's it's more so running away from the scenario but there's going to be types of situations that you encounter where you're going to have to go in and get get some ears so uh yeah like like for example like if a horde of them come after you and you manage to level all of them and you've got like a hundred freakers dead right in front of you Mm -hmm. are you really going to spend the next half an hour just cutting off ears i will shit let me get that let me get that spoiler on my bike you know yeah man let (laughs) me get that giant fuel tank bro yeah, I want a flag that has a freaker ear on it that so people know what I'm here for. I'm here to cut off some ears. Bro. <laughs> that sounds that sounds dangerous. I feel like if, if this game takes 30 hours to complete and I've spent 10 hours of that cutting ears off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. That's it, why the story's so long. <laughs> yeah. I hope it doesn't actually take a while to do, like in Red Dead, where it takes like oh, four minutes to open it. a damn you drawer. Have to, like, you know when yeah. you have to like hold triangle and that, yes. and that freaking wheel just takes forever to rotate yes. until we... Oh, come on. And like then you open the cabinet, animals. you close the cabinet. Yeah. Like, come Jesus. on. I'm having PTSD from that. I hope to God this is just press triangle and pick up the ear and not let me get down, go into a mini cutscene of Deacon just slowly slicing off an ear. Canned vegetables, pick up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no yeah, thanks. Oh my god. Uh, speaking of Deacon, St. John, uh, he is an interesting character. So he's evolved quite a bit over the past five years uh, that Sony Ben has been working on the game. Initially, there's a lot of criticism about the character himself. Uh, it looks like they've toned him down and retooled him a bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on Deacon, just what we've seen through these different preview events and trailers as uh, a new Sony protagonist? When I saw him uh, at the in the trailer at the E3 2016 uh, conference, I thought he was, I thought he sounded really cool. Mm -hmm. Like he sounded, he sounded like he's got a really interesting story. Um, But then as they started to leak information shortly after that, I was like, this, this guy sounds kind of douchey. Yeah. Like I'm not really, I'm not really not in the mood to be playing, especially after I've just played games like horizon, um, Mm -hmm you know, God of War, you know, these amazing protagonists, you know, like Kratos right. and Aloy, you know, you know, lots of personality and, and they're not, you know, they're not overwhelming within the game. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Horizon Zero Dawn is fantastic and, and Aloy is fantastic, but you're not focusing on Aloy that much. Yeah, right. Um, she doesn't have an overwhelming personality, but it is kind of integral at the same time. Same with Kratos. Obviously, Kratos is like a, ma- a major part of God of War, but you're not always 100% focusing on him. Mm-hmm. or atreus you know you're focusing on what's going on around you sure. uh, and i and then i saw some kind of like i was talking to you about this a bunch of months ago actually maybe five or six months ago and i remember i saw like a little kind of leaked gameplay footage with and deacon sounded terrible mm-hmm. he sounded absolutely awful like the mm-hmm. the voicing was really bad like the comments were kind of really cheesy and kind of i, I was i was really worried about like the direction in which the game was going sure yeah and then just recently, in like the last month or two, they seem to have really toned him down. Like they've they've like matured him quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where they need to be with this game. I think they've got it just right now. Yeah, I, I agree. It seems like he he is a character that is a bit more relatable now. He doesn't seem mm-hmm. like he's so over the top. Um, yeah. I, I guess Bend was working on making him more realistic and not necessarily more likable. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he, he seems like he has got an interesting backstory. We've got a little bit of a, a look into, you know, he was in a biker gang, uh, the what were they though? <laughs> I haven't um, actually seen the name of this I biker think, gang. I, what? I keep, I keep wanting to say mongoose, but I don't think it's mongoose. That's a, that's an actual bicycle brand. Um, anyway, yep. whatever, <laughs> I forgot the name of his, uh, his biker gang was, but you know, then he he meets this uh his, this girl Sarah, and uh, they end up getting married, and uh, he ends up kind of traveling around with her, uh, and then we see her get infected and taken away by uh, this government organization, and that's the last he sees of her. So uh, it's it's not quite sure if she has deceased in the game or if he is going to find her or what what's going to happen with that. But he seems very uh like uh, very down to earth at that point. I mean, he doesn't seem like this big douchey bro guy. He seems like he's got some actual heart in there and, and an interesting kind of 
uh, plot that's starting to lay itself out. Uh, so I'm I'm expecting a lot from the story. It seems like it's going to be uh, an interesting take on this uh, post-zombie or post-apocalyptic scenario. Uh, but it sounds like a lot of the early experiences that they had were just, like you were saying, really cheesy, really on the nose in terms of the writing. Uh, and, and Sony Ben decided they wanted to rewrite that to allow the player to experience more of the story instead of necessarily having it laid out for them right there which I think is going to be good because then that lends to a lot of different interpretation uh, for the story itself. And that's what really makes these games so special. I think I'm, I'm very pleased actually that they haven't shown too much or delved too much into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously they've shown us a lot of um, trailers and things about kind of what the world is and what to expect in the game. However, they haven't gone too deep into the actual story, like the end game, kind of where it goes, yeah. Uh, you know, and things like that. So I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised by the story and the depth of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it plays really well and it has like a very engaging story, there could be calls for a sequel like quite shortly after sure, the games yeah. come out. So because I, I imagine there are some people in there that are not too interested in the Freakers and they just want to kind of play through the story mm-hmm. and just see kind of where it goes. And if it, and if it was received well and it sells well, I don't see why we wouldn't get a sequel if the story is really engaging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this could be definitely the next big Sony property that that uh, that they, they start running with too. And I think it'd be great to have a, a big win for for uh, Sony Bend, who hasn't really done a whole lot. I mean, the last games that they had out were uh, Uncharted: Golden Abyss on Vita. They did the uh, Resistance game on Vita, and then before that, it was what Siphon Filter years ago. Yeah, so way they, back, way back, when. way way back. Yeah. So this will be a good maybe uh reinvigoration for the studio and uh, i think this this game is definitely going to be like make or break for that studio if this game mm-hmm. doesn't perform or do well uh sony may cut ties with them it, it seems and like it would be it would be such a great way to kind of cap off this generation for playstation and sony absolutely yeah because like honestly like from 2013 to now the exclusives they've released have been absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. like unbelievably good mm-hmm. and yeah. um yes and if Days Gone didn't perform, then it would it would be a shame. Um, but obviously, I think I don't think Sony would put that much faith in Sony in Sony Bend if they didn't if they wasn't sure that it would be a great game. I honestly mm-hmm. I honestly do feel like it's going to be a great game. I really yeah, I do too. I, I think they would have pulled the plug on this years ago if they saw that there wasn't some sort of potential with the story or potential with. The gameplay are, are something that really makes it stand out. So, and it looks like the uh, the initial previews. I mean, there's tons of preview content all over the internet. Everybody's raving about it early on and saying that mm-hmm. it's you know everyone's surprised, pleasantly surprised has been kind of the overall theme. So, yeah, this game seems like it's going to be just a great game. It's it doesn't seem like it's going to be necessarily pushing the boundary on anything. You know, I think the the tech of having uh, 300 freakers running at you is going to be uh, pretty compelling to actually see in person. So that'll be cool. But uh, everything else kind of seems like uh, stuff that we've already played before, you know, getting through outposts, uh, looting uh, different areas, uh, exploring an open world, uh, and of course, some sort of an engaging story with a uh, with, uh, potential uh, deceased wife motivation in, in there somewhere. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's, it got looks like, good. it's got like a strong human element as well, which I think is very important. And I yeah. can't wait to experience yeah. that. It seems pretty grounded for for this type of a game. Something that usually 
these uh, post-apocalyptic worlds are pretty outlandish and there's a lot of stuff where it may not necessarily feel realistic, but this one feels pretty down to earth. And again, it's only been two years since the event, so it, it should feel that way. It shouldn't feel like it's this drastically different world that's changed in two years. That's not a lot yeah. of time. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, well, Matt, do you have any last thoughts on Days Gone? I cannot wait to play it. I think it might be... I mean, I, I'm literally going to wait maybe just two days, maybe a day or two on reviews. Mm-hmm. And then um, if if they're, you know, solid, mm-hmm. like solid reviews, I'm going to pick it up. Yeah. Because it's going to be... Yeah, it's a game that I've been looking forward to ever since they, they announced it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to play it. Yeah, I think it's coming out at a really, really good time. A time where there really isn't a lot of competition for open world games at this exact moment, right? So this is, you know, I've got Assassin's Creed Odyssey that I'm playing through, of course. That's a huge open world game. Yeah, um, huge. But this, yeah, this is, this is going to be kind of the first big open world game, it feels like, of this year. I mean, we had Far Cry New Dawn that came out, which was kind of a, a smaller, more abridged experience of uh, continuation of Far Cry 5. Uh, but this seems like it's going to be really the first big, big title to, to kick off this new year in terms of big massive open world games with uh with big engaging stories so the only competition that days gone has right now is ed boon yeah and thanos yep yeah apart from that it's it's all plain sailing they'll be fine yeah i think so too well cool matt i want to thank you for joining me today previewing days gone where can people find you online yeah thanks for having me on again so um I will say that you can find me on my podcast, my own podcast uh, pages. So I have uh, an Instagram. It's at Pixel Paradise Podcast. Uh, and that's Twitter at Pix Paradise. That's P-I-X Paradise. Uh, you can also find me on my personal accounts as well. Uh, Instagram is at Matt Jeffrey. And Twitter is at Matt Jeffrey as well. Sweet. And once again, if you have any gaming-related questions you'd like to ask me, either tweet at me at IYE Podcast. Or email me at the email address hello at inyourelementpodcast.com. I'll answer your questions on the next episode. And if you enjoy the podcast, consider visiting patreon.com slash inyourelement and supporting at the $1 level or above to receive all future episodes early and ad-free. Gain a Patreon-exclusive role in the In Your Element Discord server where you can hang out and chat with myself and other elementalists, be eligible for giveaways, attend patron hangouts, and more. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever podcast service you consume the show on, and leave a review if you enjoy the content. Until next time, see you later, Elementalists. 